This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. You know, the whole, the whole world of Kirov today has very much changed in the last decade. Um, people used to be frightened to send people out, Bachrim out, young married couples out. There used to be a lot to do with Vedam Ashatoshiv. There used to be Apikorosim in the world once upon a time. And, uh, and it was frightening. People were frightened. You know, you send somebody out, instead of bringing somebody back, he might get stuck and stay over there. Uh, this is not the case anymore. I'll be Roiv. Def- definitely not the case anymore. And I uh, just want to share some Divrei Torah with you, and then we'll move on to the practical application of this. We are now less than 30 days before Pesach. Leil Yitzis Mitzrayim is where we were born. It's our foundation. And the foundation always carries the Yisoyed for everything that comes after. And, uh, you know, one of the big mitzvahs that we're busy with at the beginning of Pesach is the mitzvah of Egadotel Abincho. Vigadatalabincha is not just a father has to tell over the story to his child, of course, that's Emes, that's Halacha, but it's much deeper than that, and it's much wider spectrum than that. And there's a mitzvah for somebody who's got godless adas to, so to speak, to dedicate some moments to put aside his godless adas and to go down into the level of his children. We know from the tzaddikim, the Heliga Chasim Soifa, you couldn't look at his face, Lel Seda, and, uh, and yet he used to say over the whole Agadosh Pesach, translate it into, into the native language of the country, and tell over Midrashim, tell over the sweet story to his children. The mitzvah of Agadot HaLevincha is to leave your godless, and to go down, and to bring the story of Pesach, and to the story of Hashem, the Dvar Hashem, to Katnus. That's the mitzvah of Agadot HaLevincha. The whole Agadosh Pesach, I mean, really revolving around Keneged Arba Bonim Dibre Torah. There's a Chocham, there's a Rosha, there's a Tam, and there's She'en Yedei Elisha. Of course, what we're going to pick on tonight is the Rosha, because we have to define who's the Rosha sitting around the Seder table. The Haggadah says, Rosha Mohoime Mo'avoyda Azois Lochem. If you look up the Torah, look up the Psukim in Pasha's boy, the Pasuk says, V'hoyo ki yomru aleichem b'neichem. Mo'avoyda Azois Lochem. Word for word, the Russia's question. <laughs> so Benechem asking, what's this avoid? What's this Pesach all about? Continues the Pesach. Whatever, the whole answer. We give him a whole answer, a full answer. After the answer we give him, the Pesach says, They bow down. Klal Yisrael was so happy with his news. What news? What did they just hear? They bowed down, Rashi says, oh, the Besura toy, but they heard a Besura. What's the Besura that they were bowing for? Says Rashi, Bonim. They found out they're going to have Bonim. Oh, we're going to have Bonim. And they bowed down for the Besura of the Bonim. Ask all the Mephorosh, which Ben are we talking about over here? <laughs> we're talking about the Rasha. <laughs> you know, Chizkiyo HaMelech didn't get married. Because <laughs> he knew, Beruach if he gets married, he's going to have a son, Menasha. He didn't get married. What's the Besura Toiva over here? The Ben Rosha. I'm giving you a Besura Toiva that you're going to have a Ben Rosha. And you're going to go into a whole dialogue with him. What's the Besura Toiva about a Ben Rosha? Says the Heiliger of Tzadik in Pre Tzadik in Pesach, I think it's Oisches around there. You look it up. Unbelievable, you saw it. Says the Heiliger of Tzadik. Do you know what the Besura was? The psura wasn't that you're, not, that you're going to have a Ben Rosha. The psura was that you're going to have a Ben Rosha and you're not going to push him away. The psura toiva was that you don't push away a Ben Rosha. You go into a dialogue with him, 
You explain him. You makarav him. You're not doicha. The psura was the Avil Bishachata Yisrael. That was the psura toiva. And on that was Vayikar the Oma Ishtachel. That anybody that's Chasr Shalom going to have a Ben Rasha, he has to know that the Torah goes into a dialogue with him. And the Torah is Makarivim and he's sitting around the Seder table. You're probably waiting to ask me a question. Well, the Bal Haggadah doesn't say too many nice things about the Ben Rasha. Besides knocking his teeth out, you say, Ilu Haya Shalom, Loi Haya Nigal. So I'm not going into that now. I mean, I am, but just very Bekitza. The tzaddikim say that Baruch Shanas and Torah, we begin Baruch Hu, Baruch Shanas and Torah, Lama Yisrael. Before Matan Torah, Ilu Haya Shom, in Mitzrayim, before Matan Torah, Loi Haya Nigal, he doesn't stand a chance. But Baruch Hu, Baruch Shanas and Torah, after Matan Torah, everybody stands a chance. Everybody's got an ois in the Sefer Torah. Everybody stands a chance. Whatever, that's besides the point. But the Torah goes into a dialogue. That's a beautiful Yisod. There's another great Yisod that we can derive from, this, from the Haggadah Shal Pesach talking about the Chocham and the Rosha. And that's another question that the Mephorashim asked. The Chocham and the Rosha are not two opposites. A Chocham is a Chocham and the opposite of a Chocham is a tippish, is an idiot, is a fool, is a shaita. The opposite of a Rosha is a Tzaddik. What's the Chocham and Rosha doing together as opposites? Says the Heilige Beis Yisrael, the Rebbe of the Beis Yisrael, the Gay Rebbe, Zechat Tzaddik Lebrocha, he says, A rosh is a rosha. A rosh is a tippish. A rosh is a shoiter. Of course he's the opposite of a chacham. If he's a rosha, he means he's a tippish. Because which chacham becomes a rosha? So really, the, the Baal Haggadah, this is really why he's putting them together. This is what he's teaching us. When you see the Rosha of the Haggadah Shal Pesach, when you see the Rosha, we're talking about a shoita, we're talking about a nebuch. And that's why we're sitting him around the table. And that's why we're being makar of him. This is the Yisoyed of Seydanite. This is the Yisoyed of Leil Seydanite, of the Haggadah Shal Pesach, of Egadat HaLabincham. Kalal Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim, we were born as a nation. And we were born as a nation, the Rabbi Shalom is telling us that there's going to be Nisyonis in the world, and there's going to be Jews that may have come under the category of a Rosha, Chas v'shalem. Take those Jews, sit them around a table and teach them. And the Torah that's so careful with its words goes into a whole story about the Ben Rosha. The Rosha asks, The whole story. This is Yilel Yitzis Mitzrayim. You all know the Pasuk in Novi, that the Yitzia from the Gula that was so eagerly waiting for Bimher of Yomenu is the same as the Yitzia from Mitzrayim. And if this is the Yisoid of Leil Yitzia's Mitzrayim, this is the Yisoid of the Gula Hamitis Vashlema that we're all so eagerly waiting for. When we get this clear, that the whole Klal Yisrael, even the Ben Rosha, has to be sat around the table and has to be taught Torah and it has to be explained. That's the Kimet Seis Chometz Mitzrayim. The same way as this is the message leaving Mitzrayim, this is the message of leaving our Golas. Sitting the Ben Rosha around the table. And again, nowadays, there's, no, there's hardly Dam Ashatoshif. Nowadays, I can tell you, from experience of almost 25 years or 25 years that the Zohar Kodesh talks about a kola pnima that there's a voice, there's a bechia, 
There's a pachadika bechia of all the Yidin in our generation that are crying for somebody to take care of them. And a person, when he's learning Torah, he's not allowed to be Messiah Das from his cry. And there's that kola pinimo, which is lahafla fella. And I can share with you so many stories. That's all that there is. They're waiting, they're crying for help. The chelakalakaymi mal from within a yid, without, I'm telling you, without, I see this on a daily basis in Eshat Torah by the Koisel. There's a terrible bechia going on. There's a famous Maisa, it's a Maisa Shahoya, obviously. The Maisa that the, the Heliga Balatanya used to live in the same house as his son, the Heliga Mittler Rebbe. The Mittler Rebbe was famous that when he used to learn, his concentration was something that is Bechlal, not Shaykh to the Hasogas of Ador. He used to, he was, when, he, when he used to learn, he could sit and learn for 18 hours and he wouldn't move a limb. He was numb. He was in a different place, oblivious to what was going around. Oblivious to what he couldn't hear anything that was going on with him. The Balatanya lived upstairs and the Mittler Rebbe lived downstairs. And once the middle Rebbe was learning, and the middle Rebbe's baby was sleeping in his crib, he turned over and he fell out the crib. And he woke up. And he was crying, And obviously, the middle Rebbe didn't hear a thing. The Balatanya, whose concentration was also, <laughs> not to be mazalzal, <laughs> and the Balatanya did hear from upstairs. And he came downstairs, he heard his baby yelling, screaming, and he came downstairs, he walks into the, the Mittler Rebbe's room. The Mittler Rebbe there is Shakua, completely immersed in his learning, doesn't hear a thing. The Balatanya picks up the baby, shuckles, shakes the baby, pacifies the baby, puts the baby back to sleep, puts it back in his crib, and goes upstairs and leaves the Mittler Rebbe in his learning. Afterwards, he went up to the Mittler Rebbe and he says, even when you're learning Torah, even when you're Shakua in Torah, you still have to hear a baby crying. And that story is a nice story. But stories from Tzadikim are stories that one has to understand on a level of Pshat, Remez, Jush, and Sod. And the hidden message over here is that even when a person is learning Torah, he has to hear the Bechia. He has to hear the crying of another Yid. He's not allowed to be so Shakua that he doesn't hear a Bechia of a child. And who's the child? Who's the Rasha? Who's the Shaita? Every Yid who's secular, who le'es ata is not a Shema Torah mitzvah, you have to hear his cry. You're not allowed to be so shakua that you don't hear his cry. Last week at a, I was at a seam of a Balchuva. Comes from a comes from a messed up family. His mother's married to a Goy. And that's only that's only the beginning of the story. But really, not a good matzav. And she happens to be, she flew in for one of these trips, and she was there at the Siam. She doesn't know much about, say, the Nazikin. Uh, but after the Siam, I went up to her, and I said, your son is doing so well. He's growing. He's... A second later, she broke out into a Bechia, I'm telling you, for a few minutes, she couldn't control herself. She took her son... And she hugged him. I was convinced there wouldn't be one whole rib left in his body. And it was a bechia, but literally. She's married to a goy. And it's a messed up family. Belosh and Sagi, no. But the kola pnimah came out. 
And this is, again, this is a woman that lives in a place where there's no Yidin. This is, and we're not talking about somebody that lives in Eretz Yisrael. We're not talking about somebody that, that, that had knows something about Yiddishkeit. We're not talking about somebody that somebody went off the derech Rachman and Salam. We're talking about somebody that has no Shaykhs. Where did this Bechia come from? It's a Kala Pnima, it's a Bechia. How can we be Shakua in our learning if there's such Bechias going on? Today, especially in Eretz Yisrael, the secular Chilonim in Eretz Yisrael, they don't know nothing. Last week I said Shema Yisrael at the Koisel with a Jew from Beersheva, not a Russian, not a Ukrainian, an Israeli, Israeli from Beersheva. I said with him Shema Yisrael, he says Shema Yisrael. I said with him Hashem Elekeinu, he says Hashem Elekeinu Melech Olam. That's what he said to me. He couldn't finish the Pasuk Shema Yisrael, he couldn't begin it. I helped him with the first four words. And before I could say Hashem Echad, he already continued Melech Olam. He can't say the Pasuk Shema Yisrael. There was a Yid at the Koisel last week, I saw him, he's looking in the Siddha, I said, Mincha? You want to daven Mincha? He said, yeah. He says, yeah, Mincha, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. I said, you want me to show you where to daven? He said, yeah. I said, do you know, you know, Shemana Ezra? He said, no. He's probably 35, 40 years old. I started, I opened the Shemana Ezra for him, so I wanted to make sure he doesn't say, you know, Alanisim and Yalav Yovay. And, and so as I was going through the big, large print and the small print, Bikitsa, if I wanted to be next to him, he would have davened, Zachreinu Elchaim, Michamoycha Averachimim, Aneinu, Nachem, Alanisim, Bimei Motchai Ve'ester, Bimei Matisio, Yale Ve'yoboi, Rosh Chodesh, Chaga Sukkus, Chaga Pesach, Ve'sefer Chaim, Brocha Ve'sholem, and that would have been the Shema Nesra. He had absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. And they're living, and we are Shakua over here. Baruch Hashem, we're speaking here to B'nai Torah that are Shakua in their limut, but there's people 15 minutes away. My daughter's telling me the whole time they go to the Koizel, and they're saying to Hillim, and they get these women, these Chiloni girls, the women, they're saying, Maze, what are you saying with so much excitement and so much feeling? What are you saying? They say to Hillim, like, Maze, Maze. It's mind-boggling. These are Picarsim. Ben-Gurion himself said, he said he failed. He wanted to raise a door of Apikorsim and he ended up raising a door of Amaratzim. But that's really the way it is. That's really the way it is. There's a kola pnima delo yishtama. And the achrayis, the goidl achrayis is frightening. It's frightening. So the famous, the famous Zoya Kodesh in Pasha's Noyach and, and somewhere else as well. He writes, Ben Shalom told Moshe Rabbeinu that he's going to destroy the people, Rachman Ratzon, destroy Klal Yisrael, Sonein Shal Yisrael. And, and Abon Shalom says to him, you'll be okay, you'll be safe. I'll build a whole nation from you. Moshe Rabbeinu rejected the offer. Rejected the offer outwardly. Says the Zoya Kodesh, do you know why Moshe Rabbeinu rejected the offer? Because there was a Noyach. And Abon Shalom told Noyach the same thing. That I'm destroying the world, but everything's going to be rebuilt from you. And he took up the offer. And he didn't daven al b'nei doiroi. And that's why the mabul and the destruction of the world is attributed to Noyach. Like the Apostle says, Kimei Noyach, Zoisli, it's the Mei Noyach. The mabul is called Mei Noyach. The Churban Oilam is attributed to Noyach because he didn't daven for Bnei Doiroi. Says the Zoya that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want that, obviously. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu says, it's either Klal Yisrael, if it's no Klal Yisrael, there's no me. This is the matzav of today. And this is the matzav of today. We live in Eretz Yisrael, so I can tell you stories, and I'm not going to tell you more stories, but there's so many stories. Ein soif on a daily basis. Yesterday, I put tefillin on somebody at the Koisel. I asked him, a yid from Chicago. And he could read. 
I said, when was the last time you put tefillin on? He said, 10 years ago when I was by the Kaisel. 10 years he hasn't put tefillin on. It's mind-boggling. And they want. And the ones who don't want, they're the bigger number. And the ones who don't want, inside they want even more. They're so frightened of it. They're so frightened of it. They want it so much that they're scared to do it. They're scared it might break them. It's lahafla it's, refelah. It's so there's a choyva hakadosha on every single yid not to be shakua, whatever he's doing. And every single yid is responsible for this and has to take part in this. And as Rabbi Zwick said earlier, everybody in his way. Our plan b'siyata d'shmaya is before, there's those, there's those of you that are going to stay here in Metz Hashem and you have to do it here. There's those of you who are going back and you have to do it over there. But first, what we want to do is really to give you a te'ima. To give you a taste, to give you a te'ima. If you just have a te'ima of it, you'll understand what we're talking about. It's very hard to explain to somebody, number one, the feeling of echlal, for the sipuk, for the satisfaction. We're going to feed our nefesh Bahamas as well, with satisfaction. And, uh, but besides that, when you, when you see them, you see the miskenot, you see how nebuch they are, you see how unfortunate they are, you have to see this from first hand. And then you'll understand what we're talking about over there. Then you'll understand the nechitzas, and you'll understand how important it is. The group, the NCSY group that came here in the summer, some of them were, they were, they were so excited, they were not excited, there's no words to describe their feeling. And I was watching, I was looking around to see how they were learning. It was unbelievable. All ages. I saw once a Yid in Los Angeles who was 69 years old learning Gomorrah for the first time. It's just, it's just, it's tchis amesim. It's posh tchis amesim. It's an experience of tchis amesim. So what we really want to do b'siyat ha'deshmaya is to enable everybody, number one, to get a te'ima. And for that, we want people with, with ideas to contact Rabbi Zwick. And uh, I know Rabbi Bentley has, a, has something that he's starting also to learn chabruses with people and to learn sometimes, if it, if it doesn't matter if it's once a week, once a month, once a lifetime, it doesn't matter. You have to have a team of this. You have to, all the gadolim say that you've got to give some of your time for Misa. You have to give away some of your time. And I know there's questions, and I know that people have questions, so why aren't people pushing it more? We're not going into these questions. I don't mind afterwards. If you want to ask the questions, there's answers to all these questions. But uh, if you speak to all the G'dayim individually and you ask them, is it important to dedicate some of your time at least? I don't believe there's a single one that's going to turn you down. It doesn't make any sense. Not nowadays, not today. In the States, everybody sends, from, from Chabad began, Lakewood today sends people, everybody sends people out. Everybody has realized that in order for the Gula Shlema, there has to be a key mitzvah of Higadatala Bincha. There has to be a key mitzvah of sitting the Ben Rosha around the table with you. And who is the Ben Rosha? He's the opposite of the Chacham. He's a Shaitanabach. He's somebody that doesn't know. He's lacking in Yediyah. He's lacking, he's lacking in everything. Chazanish already said about the Yidin over here that the Tanoikah Shanishbu. They don't know, they've never tasted something. If you give them a team of a Shabbos, people say that the Chilonim today in Israel, they know about Shabbos, they know. What do they know? What do they know about Shabbos? What do they know? They felt the Shabbos? They've ever heard the Lachadoid? If they don't know what Mincha is, if they don't know how to finish the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael, so what do they know about Shabbos? So it's just number one and a is for every single Yid. To partake in this, it's so easy to do it. So easy to do it. Over the phone, I know people that learn with other people over the phone, around the world, once a week. Whatever you want to learn. 
And even the biggest deniers, they're still believers. And I'll finish up with a story. I said I'm not going to say any more stories, but this is a, this is a, this is a fact. Actually, not a story. There was somebody that I was arguing with, somebody I was trying to remember, Karvin Israeli, and uh, he called me once after, after a few of his friends died in the training in the army, and he phoned me Pasha to pour kefir out to me. He doesn't believe in nothing, nothing, nothing. And he was blaspheming. He was a macharaf from a Magadif for 40 minutes on, to me on the phone. After 40 minutes, I said, you know, I just can't hear this anymore. And uh, here's where our relationship ends. I said, I can't hear this. I said, I've been patient for months. I said, if you speak like this, that's the end of our relationship. He says to me, before you put the phone down, I want to tell you one thing. He says, Shmuel, if I had a five minutes left to live, this is what he's saying. He says, I promise you, I'll tell you that everything you've been trying to tell me is true. I know it's true. But understand me that it's difficult for me to change. It's after 40 minutes of chiruf and gidruf that you can't imagine what. He says, every word you're saying is true. He believes. He says, Kasheli, aniatslan. I'm lazy. It's hard for me. He's 40 years old. It's hard for him. I'm telling you, there's no apikorosim anymore. They're all unfortunate nevachs. Let us sit them around the table. If the Torah says about the Russia, if the, if the Torah's got patience to explain the Ben Harasha, what Pesach's all about, then we have to have patience to sit them around, to speak to them on the phone. And in Mitz Hashem, we should all be Zoycha, to be Makadashim Shemaim, and we should be Zoycha Mitz Hashem to continue the avoid of a Gadatala Bincha to our door, and we should be Zoycha Mitz Hashem to Kimet Seischom, Eretz Mitzrayim, Erenen Eflois, Bemheirav Yomenu, Amen Vomain. Are there any questions? Yeah. You've got to be careful. You've got to look. The G'dalim all seem to say that you, know, you, can't throw yourself into, you can't throw yourself into a place which is Malay priest. You can't put your is completely in danger. But you know, sometimes you may hear words that they use or they, you may hear things that they use or you may hear or you know, like a, a woman might want to speak to you. So you've got to do it. You, there, there is a level where you've got to go down a shtickle of your level in order to be Makar of somebody else. But obviously we're not talking about, uh, you know, we're not talking about uh, a person, you know, completely throwing his, throwing his ruchnis away, you know, in order to do kirif. There were people that held to do that, and, uh, and they, they did that, <laughs> and they were makar of a lot of people, but that's not the mahalach. But uh, abikoros is much more dangerous. Because Abikoros penetrates Mamish deep into the Neshama to hear Pasha to hear Abikoros. And nowadays, you're right, there's an Indian Apritzis, and you've got to be careful about that. And, uh, you know, and again, a married person is different to her than a Bocha, and uh, it's all, things have to be done with Gedorim. And when things are done with Gedorim, it's, 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 it's okay. They appreciate, they Mamish appreciate Gedorim. I have sometimes have to speak to a girl or speak to a woman, something like that. I look down, I don't look, and this and that. And all the times I've done it, I've never found somebody that became insulted. They appreciate it. So you've got to, obviously, you've got to be a mensch, you've got to be a Yerushimayim, you are a Yerushimayim, you're learning Torah, Barasi, Barasi Yitzhah, Barasi Torah Tavlin. You're not mafki yourself, but there is a level where you have to drop, throw yourself into, into, into the deep end. Yeah. So it's, a, it's so important to begin small. So we're not, we're not even talking about going out over here yet. 
We're talking about giving a person a te'ima. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and, and you build yourself slow, you know, slowly, slowly. It's important. I, I hold it's important for a person to build himself as a gara. There are those who hold that as soon as you know Aleph Beis, you should go out. And uh, I personally don't agree so much with that, uh, although th- it's coming from a good place for them. But uh, if a person wants to be able to be mashpia, he has to be a dugma, he has to be a dmus, he has to be somebody that is passionate and the people have to see his passion. There are people out there doing kiruv that are, you know, just, uh, you know, whatever, you know, but they've got no, very little passion. A yid has got to be a pnimi, he's got to work himself to be a pnimi in order that he can, you know, fill himself up inside and all, and all it come out and it's just going to make his job a lot easier. <laughs> if a person's got nothing to sell other than he took up a, a kiruv job instead of accountancy, so then uh, it might take a lot longer. <laughs> But if, a, if you speak to somebody with passion and with, with your Shemaim and with Panimius and he comes to you and he sees what a Shabbos table is all about and you invested in building yourself, then the, the job is a lot more efficient and a lot quicker. So a person should. It's no end just to go out before, you've, you know, before you really feel that you've grown a lot. That's number one. And number two, if a person doesn't learn very much and then for sure he's got no time to learn, he'll, he'll be the whole time thinking, I wish I'd be back, I wish I'd be back, I wish I'd be back. If a person, if a person you know, knows that he had his good few years, he knows he filled himself up, he knows he's done you know, what, the, what the Olam does, and now it's time anyways to go out. So, so, you know, so then it's much more, he'll go in with much more simcha. He won't go in the whole time with feeling that he's wasting his time and he's wasting his time, etc. Slowly, slowly. Te'ima, te'ima. Give them a te'ima. Give them a te'ima. And that's why it's important, number one, Shabbos meal is very important because it's not difficult for them. They're, they're eating tasty gefilte fish. Bashar's master, they're hearing a beautiful nigan and they're hearing an outpouring of a yid's neshama. And, uh, you know, gedoyla legima, it's important to invite them for a suda. That's how Avraham Avinu was makar of yidin. And slowly, slowly, I mean, I've seen wonders with, with what you learn with somebody, two mishnayas a day. You learn with somebody, even, you know, small things. Nowadays, you should know, nowadays a lot of these people, especially here in Etsy Stroll, are into mysticism, and that's a very effective way. And, uh, you know, 20 years ago, I myself never understood why, why you're not learning Kitzvah Shulchanach with these people first. And, uh, and, uh, or, and uh, nowadays, it's, it's very clear. A lot of them need to hear deep Torah. It's a Matthias, it's a fact, and you can't run away from it. Um, they want to hear deep Torah, and it's, pen- it's penetrating to them. You know, I, I, once, I once decided to learn with a Chiloni uh, Pirkei Ovis. I wanted to give him, the, you know, you read. You're an Israeli, you read. He starts reading Moshe Kibbal Tarmesina like, like Ashri Volatia. And he finishes, you know, finishes a page like in the middle of a Mishnah. So he says, okay, can we stop here? <laughs> you know, he was just reading words because he can read Hebrew. You know, they want something, they want something deep. They want something penetrating. They want to know a lot about the Jewish soul and about, so you've got to have the right Makoros and the right farm for it. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very effective. It's not a time anymore to tell them, no, first you've got to learn this and first you've got to learn that. You know, somebody once told me that uh, it says, you know, Hama'or Shaboyach Zerenelamutov. So just get them into learning. Just get them shakua into learning. It's not that much of anymore. A person considered a share. Considered a share. Even a share gemara, and he can learn. There's no more. There's no R, and there's no more. Especially his whole mind is somewhere else. He's he's zoned out. Like the, the concentration span is nothing, and they just don't zone out. They're not even. They're not even there with you. You got. You, it's got to be something interesting. It's got to be something that is wow to them. And uh, you know, Reb Tzadik always says. Reb Tzadik always says that. Uh, that uh, I mean, this is where, like uh, between Oysamech and Eshat Torah, Tzadik says that about tshuva is somebody that's coming from a very big R. When he starts thinking of tshuva, it's coming from a gedolei balei tshuva it's coming from a very great place so you're not allowed to like you're not allowed to try to numb their excitement and just say focus now on Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch 
do that as well. It's important to do that as well. But you've got to give them. They have this passion. You've got to give them that. You've got to give them that passion. Obviously, you, that's another reason why you have to learn. You have to you have to learn these farm. You have to know about them. You have to be able to you know pull out a, a deep in Indian. They ask you about a nefesh, so you have to be able to know and know a bit about that in order to share that with them. But that's very effective and very powerful. Small things. Have patience with them. It's going to work slowly, but as long as it's slow, and you're allowed to push them slowly. You're allowed to push them. You're allowed to say, "No, we can do another one. We can do another one." And uh, if you push them slowly, they'll see the or. A man is a, is a man that goes out. A woman is called Kvoida Basmelech Panima. So if it's, you know, if, it's something that is a, if it's something that is an inside type of thing, so, so then yes, you know, she might have less time. She's got kids at home. She's got babies at home. She might have, yes, yeah. One of my daughters is now in Yericho, in a kibbutz next to Yericho. And once a week she goes, she volunteers. There's a, there's a Chilani school. There's kids over there. And uh, like kids of 10 years, 11 years old, they spend an hour there, they teach them a sagam of Yiddishkeit. Yeah, it's got to be obviously more controlled, more in Mizgeris, they're not you know, going out. But uh, for sure, for sure. Avraham Agaris Anoshim, Saram Agaris Anoshim. Yeah, but what I mean is that women are more idle. They, you know, their personalities are usually quieter. Their personalities are usually more afraid to communicate to, or to, or to you know, to go into something that they don't, know, they, have, they don't, they haven't got the confidence. It's more difficult for a woman to become a mashpia than it is to become a man. A man enjoys talking, and, you know, he goes out, he enjoys, you know, a woman's more refined, more. I didn't mean the in and out, so to speak, of a building. I meant, but uh, definitely, definitely. A woman can do a lot more with, you know, to invite somebody for a fresh challah, to tell them, tell, to tell them about the inner fresh challah. Again, you know, looking, looking, looking for opportunities. I have my son-in-law, Shtenoch, he's got a brother that, that she deals in clothes, and a supplier from Tel Aviv, um, and supplies them clothes from the business. And they get, a, they get a call. He called me himself. My son-in-law's brother calls me. He doesn't know what to do. He says, there's not, it's completely not from, from Tel Aviv. And this Hanukkah, this last Hanukkah, said so they want to come over, they want to discuss Yahadut. So, so he's, you know, he's got no idea what that, he's got no idea what that means. I mean, not that he doesn't know what Yadut is. <laughs> he knows what Yadus is, he doesn't know what Yadut is. And uh, I said, of course, have them over, you know, and they come over and they really enjoyed it. And they said, they want to come again. He called me, he says, I don't know what to do. And what should we do with the kids? Like he was all for, he lives here in Gushmanim, like, and uh, I haven't spoken to him for a month or two, but it, it, it's, it really started moving. So he said, what should I do? What should my wife do? He says, your wife can sit in the kitchen with the woman. And the woman really should just tell them about the gishmak of being a mother, the gishmak of what it means to like, to like Shabbos candles, to daven by the Shabbos candles. Because, you know, the chilanim all relate to Shabbos candles. And they all relate to these, you know, this, the, the, the Messiah, these Messiahs, and how fortunate it is, and what it means, you know, what it means that you know you're giving up your time, that your husband can go out to learn. And, uh, you know, like, more, much more dvarm pshutim, but uh, pshutim that, 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 that other women can relate to. But of course, there's a chayva on a mitzvah and a chayva. How far does the Jewish 
If you if you'd be on the bus with a with a man who the chiloni on the bus is his ben yochid, would that father of this ben yochid feel that it's a chiyah for you to go over to his son to try to be him? Yes. <laughs> the Baal Shem Tov said that every Yid is a Ben Yochid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this has been the answer to a lot of, to a lot of people that came with Tainas, with Makarv and the way they're doing things and what they're doing things. And they said, you know, why are you doing things and this? And it's not snow, it's not in the right place. So, uh, so uh, Rabbi Ram Hesh Koin, he was a big tzaddik, was the Rebbe Rameir Brandstofa, he was old Yerushalmi Lubavitcher. He was on a train then from Lud to Yerushalayim. And he put film on somebody. He said, there was this, there was this uh, Litzvah Sharon that came over to him and says, what are you talking about? Here, this priest, how do you know? And there's this and that. And he's looking and, and, there's, a, and, and there's a tepach of Arab. A, a whole thing. He started getting very upset with him. So Ramesh was very calm. He said, I want to ask you one question. If this guy that I put film on would be your Ben Yochid, would you also yell at me? He said, I'm sorry. You're right. Every Yid is a Ben Yochid. There was a mice when I was a kid. There was a story in London with a f- not friend of mine, he was older than me, but I knew the family, in Golders Green, a family, where the son ran away. Pressure left home. He left home with a message. He was about 12, 13, whatever. He just left home. The parents had no idea where he was. They put these crazy signs all over London. Not in the Jewish area, all over London. And they broadcasted every day on LBC, which is the London radio. Every day. Moishi, come home, we love you. Moishi, come home, we love you. What are you doing? What are you doing on the, on the, on the Goisha radio? Moishi on the Goisha radio? What are you putting pictures of him all over London? What's the answer? He was their son. And it's a different story when he's your son. And every Yid is a Ben Yochid, not a Ben. Every Yid, the Baal Tov says, is a Ben Yochid of the Rabbani Shalom. So if, you're on a, so if you're on a plane, all these, th- all these I know a lot of stories of people, Tamidim of mine, who, who spoke to people on planes. And they took that nowadays, it's so easy, because it's not like you're talking to him and then you're never going to see him again. You take down his email and you can, can, can continue with him. Continue with him. There's a guy we went on vacation once, and they, I don't know, my family in the summer for two nights. We stayed by some, some place, and we're still in contact. This is four years ago. Try, we can. Why, uh, yes. After Rachel Kamoyche is part of Avas Hashem, the Rambam says so. Is one thing. So if you see another Chiloni and you feel that he's a, go, he's a Yid and you, and, you, and you like him, it's your Makayim Mitzvah of Avas Hashem at the same time. If you, love the, if you love the person, you love his children. There's a, there's, a, there's a longer answer to that. Because no, I'm saying in, in the modern world, people always ask me that uh, you know, the, the modern Orthodox people go a long way with Orla Goyim. So we have to be in Orla Goyim. So by them, Orla Goyim means you know, to go to a basketball game, to get dressed like them, and, uh, but they know you're Jewish, to be cool like them. That, that, that arises anti-Semitism. That's proven. Orla Goyim means where you show that you dress differently, you show that you talk differently, and they admire you for that. So when you talk to me, you're not supposed to go down to their level and to use the same words just to show that you're cool, just to show that you can converse with them. You have to show that you love them. You have to show you're concerned about them. And you have to show that you have a real genuine concern and a real genuine love. And you care for them. That's all they need to hear. You care for them. You care for them. 
And it's so easy nowadays to explain. You tell a Khilani on the bat after two minutes, you say, well, let me just tell you a bit about my da daily schedule and let's hear about your daily schedule. You know, and in five minutes, in two minutes, in two minutes, he's going to be embarrassed. He's got nothing to say. I work, and then I go out, and then I hit and watch television, and I eat, and I go out, and I eat, and watch television, and go to sleep, and up. You know, like, like a, a cow. I eat grass, I fall asleep. I graze, I fall asleep. I graze, I fall asleep. It's ba basically the same life. You tell him, you get up in the morning. My father, Rashallam, went to visit a Yidin hospital in London, and, uh, and there was a Yid and a Goy in the same ward. And the Goy told my father, he says, you Jews, you, you have such a, such a fulfilled life. I say, I watch this Jew next to me. I say, first thing in the morning, he washes his hands, he recites a blessing, he puts this tzitzis, uh, <coughs> he puts that on, he puts these black boxes on, he's praying, he says, I just toss and tie, I turn from side to side, I've got nothing, I don't know why I'm up, I'm in hospital, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm awake. When my father was in the hospice in his last week, he was in the, ho was in the hospice, and we were the only Yiddish family there, and the rest of the hospice, they were all going, they were screaming, they were cursing, nobody had anyone there. And my, me, all my siblings were sitting around my father, we were saying to Hillen, we put Tefillin on him in the morning, the Goyim was so impressed, not impressed, they were so amazed. They came up to us on Thursday, and it's got a huge fire hazard sign there. No lighting, cigarettes, no lighting, anything in the building. They came up to me, and they said to me, you know what, we're so impressed with you that basically, if, if my father's still alive on Shabbos, don't tell anyone, but you're, you know, we know that Jews like candles, you can light candles in the room, we won't say anything. Just show what it means to be a Yid. Don't show what he's doing is cool. Show what you're doing is cool. That's the best way. I mean, no, any, any, you know, any of these, I mean, the Tanya talks about very, very clearly what the Nefesh, she goes through the Nefesh, it's a very, very clear, very, very clear safer. You know, it's, it's um, there's other Svarim as well, but, uh, you know, there's, I'm saying, Derech Hashem is a whole long Shaktavatariya, etc. Tanya, in the, if you know the first few Prokim, you've already got somewhere, you know, he already, he already knows basically what's, you know, what's inside him. So there's a lot of Svarim, but the Tanya is a, is a very, very fundamental safer for that. You know, and even if you learn it well yourself, and you just then can give over the concepts, already that's uh, another mile of a safe like Tanya is that there's a lot of Birum, a lot of Pirushim, and all the languages, and it's online, and it's, you know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's so accessible that it's uh, but it, you know, it's a very deep safer. But this is what this is the one they want. This is what they want to hear. It really works wonders. Everybody uses it today. I've heard across the spectrum, everybody uses it. Yeah. Whose kids are going to go to there? From Balchuba families? In general. It's an avoid. That's, I mean, there's a different type of avoid, but there's a very big, there's a very, very large outcry and cry and bechia for kids going, kids going off the derech. I mean, basically, they're going off the derech for the same reason why the chilinim are off the derech. And that is, it's enticing, there's a lot of Yetzirahs around, and kids get access and exposure to a lot that they didn't used to get exposure of, and uh, whatever, you know, there's other reasons as well, but it's basically the same thing. The, the saving kids that go off and whatever, it's another discussion, but it's very, very important. But the, the, the most important thing is to show them love, action, and uh, I can say it over here because he's not here now, but there's a, there's a certain kid that comes here and meets me once a week, and I sit with him for 10 minutes, and that's keeping him on the derech. And his father told me today that you just give him love. You just give him a nice, warm Dvar Torah, and you show that you care, and it's Mechaya him for the whole week.
That's all you have to give the kids. The kids coming from strong families, you don't have to prove God. You, don't have to, you just have to show them. A lot of them are lacking in love. A lot of them are lacking in, you know, the, the, they had a very strict upbringing or they had a very poor upbringing and they felt very, uh, you know, they felt very mi- missing and lacking of a lot of things. Fill them up, show them love, show them affection. And also these in Yonim, learn with them svarim that show them that you have a nefesh. Uh, it's a slightly different conversation. You know, there you've got, you got to mainly focus on the idea that the Rabbani Shalom understands the nesioinus of this door. And the Heliger Rishon said that in the door before Mashiach, is he's jealous, he envies a yid that can be the posh of the Pirish Amilis on the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekin, Hashem Echad. It's a crazy generation. The kids that go off the derech, the number one, there's two main reasons why they go off the derech. Number one is because they're angry with their parents, they're angry with their rabbim, and this is a sign of, I'll do what I want. That's number one. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and number two is they just, they, they, they feel, <coughs> you don't understand, nowadays the matzav has become where they can get to doing, they can get to seeing things that people couldn't see once upon a time. Now, what does the Yitzhara do? He makes them see the worst things. And once they see the worst things, they feel mamish dirt. And if they feel dirt, they feel straight away there's no hope for them. And that's why you see they become so prost because they, 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 they feel that they've gone so low they, they can't, get, can't come up anymore. Once, 20, 30 years ago, in London we lived next to, I don't even know if you guys have heard of it, it's called a cinema. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Such a word. <laughs> The cinema, you have to buy a ticket, you have to go and watch a movie. I remember there was a long line. I used to come back from school, there was a long line. It took an hour, and you had to pay money and buy a ticket to see a movie. <laughs> so, you know, you could catch the kid before he watches a movie, because, you know, he's waiting online. Everybody can see him in the street. <laughs> Nowadays, you know, so the kid, just, a kid has to be told that there's big nisyonis that there never was. And Be'emis, this is not you. You were dragged into something, and you're shtikal oinus, and can, you can always come back. And not only you can come back, but even after you did an aver, such an aver, the Rabban Shalom still wants your mariv. He wants your mariv, and he wants your tefillahs. And a lot of them, I've heard this from them. I've heard this from them. I know somebody who's, most of his, I know somebody, a prim guy, most of his kids are off. And he, he comes to me the whole time, what should I do with this boy? What should I do with that boy? I said, just tell them that they should daven, and they should learn. It doesn't matter what they did five minutes before. Davra Melech says to Hillim, that the door Achron before Mashiach, the Rabban Shalom is not Mavaze on anybody's tefillah. He's not Mavaze anybody's avoider, and that's what they have to hear. It's a slightly different conversation. I mean, it's not for now, but do you understand what the what the kav is? It's also a kirov. It's not. It's not. It's not the the mitzvah of kirov is not different. The way they do it is kirov. You don't have to prove Hashem to them. You just have to make them feel good and make them not feel angry. Make them not feel angry. Any other questions? Well. It's a huge question. It's an excellent question. And uh, it's not a question that you can give a general answer to because it's a very individual type of question. There are kids that in their room they do kaldava also, but they don't have a shitta in, you know, like in showing their... The, there are kids that dafka want to go against and dafka want to be mashpia on, on, you know, on, the, on the younger siblings. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's a problem. It's a widespread problem today. There's no general answer to give. The only general answer to give is that even if chas v'shalom, the person is told, and even if the circumstances see it, that they cannot be in the house anymore, they must never ever feel that the parents are throwing them out of the house. Even if there's a matzav where the parents have to explain them that with what they're doing, they, they, have, they have to be out of a house, 
And uh, I know of somebody that I was metopoled with that the parents paid them mamish, the father was penniless and, 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 and they were out of the house, had to be out of the house, and the father paid an expensive rent that they should have a nice apartment and he showed them such love. And the father told me that his wife says the whole Tehillim every day and he, he was out of the house and Baruch Hashem, today he's married and he's awaiting a simcha, Baruch Hashem, he's a good, nice boy from boy. So it's a very difficult, you can't generalize such things. If they see that he's having a negative impact and Dafka has a negative impact, then often like that. If he's a nebuch kid, and you should know most of these kids that go off the derech, most of them are nebuchs. Most of them need therapy. Most of them are nebuchs. A lot of them are mamish suicidal, but they're mamish nebuchs. They're not happy with themselves, and they're just doing it for the one of the two things that, you know, that we mentioned earlier. So you've got to see whether, what, what his shitter is. If he's a shitter and going lahachis, he's dangerous. If he's just doing his own thing, but he's not from, is then it's usually a mitzvah to keep him at home. sit across him again if he's if he's if he's getting off in five minutes it's difficult <laughs> and, and a, a plane is a better example <laughs> but you know it's it's a first first of all you make an assumption you say boketov you show that you're interested he's going to get a shock because the chilonim here in Yisrael are told that the that the Jews, the Haredi Jews, the frumer you are, the less friendly you are, the less polite you are. So you've already, you've already done something big. He's already going to go off and say, Ani Haredi Echad, That's already what, that's already half, half the story. And then, you know, you, you speak to him, you tell him, uh, you know, oh, wow, can I share with you something? I was in a cab once on the way to the airport and I asked the guy, I was talking to him, I said, can I tell you a on Tefillin? Can I say you a so he said, yeah, why not? So I deliberately told him about Torah and Indian Tefillin. After that, he says, Todah ba'zeh amashu ne'edah. I said, and he said, I tell you the truth, I always put in the tachna of the cab before we begin today, I had to take somebody early on. You just reminded me they haven't put Tefillin on today. He says, I'm dropping you off, I'm going to put Tefillin on. Just be nice, just be thinking, just show, I'm telling you, show that you care. Show that you care. I've told a lot of chilonim over here. Pick yourself up. Go and see a good from Kehillah in Chutzlaret. I say, go to London. Go to Gold's Green. I'll set you up. And see how, Baruch Hashem, there's good, very, very religious Jews that work. They live. They work. They live in nice houses. The children are not lacking in anything. And there's beautiful communities over there. And everybody's happy. And nobody hates each other. <laughs> and uh, I say, you know, just go and see that. And you'll see that we're, we're, you know, we're okay, Baruch Hashem. Could be, could be they got such an advice. But, you know, again, it's, it's individual. You know, it could be that a therapist told them that's the way to do it. You know, but uh, it, doesn't have to, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. They show them, they, they, the son knows what the parent wants, you know, wants them to be. 
and the, their parents are understanding that they're going through a trauma, they're going through a difficult period, and the parents have to give them the support, the courage, and the encouragement. You'll get there. You know, we know, we know you're going to get back. It might be a long, drawn-out trail. We're with you, and we know you're coming back. I told a boy once who went to secular college, came from a very from home, and he was slowly going off the derech. I said to him, all you have to do is turn around to the direction of your family. They might be 100 miles away from you, not geographically, but in terms of, you know, Kirov Lavovus. You might be 100, but as long as you're facing their direction. And slowly, slowly, you'll get back. Parents have to show support and they have to show that they have confidence that they're coming back. Because a lot of, most, I don't know most, but a large percentage of these kids that come from families go off, eventually do come back. They have a mishigas, they have a trauma, they're angry, whatever the case is, and uh, eventually they come back. You can't miss out. You can't miss out on the family. I'll tell you an another Misa before we finish. Were, I lived in Haranof for a few years, in, in, uh, right at the beginning of Haranof, in Ger. There's a five, four buildings of Ger Hasidim. And one of them had a daughter. She took a bus back from Gula to Haranof. She was the only one on the bus. And uh, whatever, she befriended the driver, the Chiloni guy. But kids, a uh, long story short, she decided she's marrying this driver. And she went completely off. There was a chasna. It was a whole story years ago. I'm talking about over 20 years ago. She's from today and she gives lectures. She goes around to the Besiakas and she gives her husband's from, she's from, she was Makarov and Bikitsa. So my wife remembers the family. We used to live there. So my wife went to one of, the, one of her lectures and she said that when she went off and she married him, she said she was missing home so much that she knew her grandmother used to shop in Geula on Arab Shabbos. And she said she was desperate, these are the words, to smell her grandmother, to smell the clothes of her grandmother. And she said every Friday she used to get dressed up as, fro, as a from girl <laughs> in order that she shouldn't stand out. And she used to go and she used to walk up and down Gura until she saw her grandmother. She used to walk behind her grandmother and smell the clothes of her grandmother because she, so, she missed her so much. They all come back. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.